Amen. Thank you, Gary. Brilliant. Why don't we quickly stand? There's nothing holy about what I'm asking you to do. I just thought, particularly if you're in that block just there, could you move forward about five rows? Because it was lovely having the Germans with us, German students, but it's left a big gap just there. So if people are having to move forward, maybe if you're in these rows here, you're able to squeeze forward. I just, I just like it if we're all nice and close together. It's more, more cosy and, you know, more, more friendly. Brilliant. Excellent. And just as Gary was saying, just to reinforce um, or, or to encourage that, 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 meet, that um, uh, thing he was saying, a week on Wednesday... Um, we are, through the wonders of technology, going to be joining together with dozens of other churches from New Ground. We're going to be meeting in Coffee Box, and we're going to be praying from 7.30 till 9.30 for God's blessing. So there will be a slot when they're praying for us, and there'll be a slot when we're going to be praying for churches right the way around Europe. So uh, please, uh, please come along. Thank you guys so much for moving forward. Really appreciate it. Why don't we take our seats? Brilliant. Just a bit of family news. Um, As many of you will have picked up through the week, as many of you will know from what was being emailed out this week. Dear Reg Clark has, um, after many months of illness, particularly the last couple of months, fought, fought the cancer very, very bravely. But on Thursday lunchtime, unexpectedly he passed away. Um, or as Veronica put it, got transferred to glory. I'll get there in a second. (laughs) He was a real hero of the faith, a man of conviction, who took the Bible as it was. And the church um, has been and is being built on the shoulders of men just like that. And I just wondered if many of you may not know who Reg is, Many of you do know who Reg is, but I just wondered if for a moment you could turn to the person next to you. If you don't know who they are, just say hi. That's absolutely fine. But if you do know them, could you just pray particularly for Veronica, his wife at this time, um, Simon, his son, Kathy, um, the girls, also for Nick and Toby. Just pray for the grace of God on them at this time. Is that okay? Just for a moment. That'd be brilliant. Lord, we we thank you for for Reg. We thank you for what a hero of the faith he was.
Not, not always seen, many times not seen at the front, but behind the scenes having a massive impact on people's lives. We, we thank you for him. We thank you, Lord, that although we do grieve, we don't grieve like people who've got no hope. I thank you what we've been singing about this morning just reminds us of the wonder and the hope that we have in you and the sure foundation that we build upon in you. I pray, Lord, would you be very much with Veronica right now. I pray she'd know your presence and your comfort. We pray for Simon and Kathy and the girls. We pray for Nick and Toby. Bless them, we pray. Amen. Amen. So as um, Gary shared, as Paul shared, this is, um, this is Vision Sunday. Um, we do these a number of times throughout the year, and it's an opportunity to us for, for us to sort of uh, outline plans. Sometimes we're outlining things that we're aiming at over the next three to five years. Other times it's a little bit more uh, close to home, and it's, and it's over the next 12 months. And in many ways, that's a bit more the focus um, that we've got um, for this morning um, as I'm sharing. But it also creates a natural opportunity for us just to look back and go, what has God been doing? You know, what, what have we in, in our lives to be grateful for? Where has God been working? And I had the sort of privilege of doing that just this week as I've thought about some of the highlights uh, that, that I was thinking of from the last 12 months. And there, there are many, many different areas I could have picked on, but I'll just pick on a few things. And in many ways, they're small things, but I think it's good for us just to remember them. One of the things for me was just being at New Day this year, just a few weeks ago, and um, I must admit I didn't quite understand the video this morning, and it was, you know, I felt like my eyes were all out of focus a little bit, but, but I think that's an age thing. I think that's an age thing. But anyway, but I think being with the youth at New Day was a real, real privilege, and seeing the grace of God at work in their lives was, a, was absolutely brilliant. Um, if you haven't seen the review video from New Day, please go online and watch it. It will encourage you. Um, responses to the gospel, people being wonderfully healed. Uh, but probably more than, both of those are brilliant, but actually just a genuine desire for so many of our young people wanting to take, take steps forward with God. Just, I, I, I want to re-go again um, with God, which was brilliant. I spoke to Kate Thurston today about our children's work, and this is what she said about the three to 11-year-olds. They have generally grown deeper in their walk with God. They're stepping out more in their own faith. They're praying out in meetings. They're being filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's a greater sense of expectation that God will do something in their own lives and not just in their parents' lives. This is three to 11-year-olds. That's, that's good, isn't it? And it's brilliant. There's been five responses to the gospel and a number have been baptised. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our three to 11-year-olds. It's brilliant. Connect groups last year, um, I think, have been so, so important for us. So that's our midweek groups that are meeting in homes. Um, obviously, we're right in the middle of uh, communicating about this year's groups. If you haven't been in a connect group last year, don't miss out this year. It's an opportunity for friendship, to connect with people in the church, but it's also an opportunity to connect with God, to spur one another on to love um, and good deeds. 
And then I just get the privilege of chatting to whole loads of different ones of you and hearing of what's going on. And um, one of the things that's been highlighted to me (coughs) recently, particularly for newer people coming into the church, is how, how so often they say how much God meets with them in the worship. And how often God is speaking to them as we have worship times just like this. And I know one, one, one lady um, I had the privilege of chatting to recently just said, you know, I realised in the worship um, recently that in this really difficult situation, I realised that I had forgiven this person for this. And just in the worship, we're all, God's meeting with us all in different ways, but he's speaking to us and he's changing us and he's transforming us. And you probably have no idea what God is doing in the person right next to you as he comes and meets with you. And I just don't want to be in that place where we take it for granted. People being baptised, people exploring the Christian faith, people reconnecting with God, healings, stepping out in generosity. It's just, I don't know, thrilling to see what God is doing all around us. Then there's the Central St. Leonard's venue. Um, As you'll have noticed up on the thing, we're now going to be praying monthly. Um, We're really, really pleased and grateful to St. Leonard's Baptist Church that they've opened their building to us on Saturday morning at nine o'clock once a month. So if you've got a passion for St. Leonard's, wondering how to connect, just get in there. Actually, if you don't have a passion for St. Leonard's, but you've got a passion for his church, just turn up there anyway and bless them and add your prayers to uh, their prayers as they pray before that. There's a small group that are going to be meeting um, when the Connect groups are on, and they're just going to be starting to pray and dream and plan um, into the central St. Leonard's venue. And then later this term, we're going to have a news and prayer evening. Um, It's towards sort of November, December time, where if you want to find out more, you can find out more then. And not just that, but as I've shared on a number of occasions, last January we planted our Bexhill venue and rather than me sharing what's been going on, I thought I'd let them tell you what's been going on themselves. Welcome to our Bexhill venue. We just wanted to share with you some highlights and stories since the launch of the venue in January. We are so thankful to God for all that he's begun here. So come in and join us at our Sunday meeting. launching we have had many people join us seen visitors turning up and regularly have around a hundred adults and kids gather to worship Jesus and build community with all new venue teams starting from scratch people of all ages have stepped up to serve and make church happen we now have six connect groups running midweek in Bexhill which give people a great chance to connect further and to do life with one another. (laughs) 
We've had such incredible times worshipping Jesus in spirit and truth, led by our musicians who have stepped out in such courage and faith. God has definitely answered our prayers. We have a thriving kids work with many children hearing about Jesus through our kids programme each week. We're so thankful as we look back over all that God has done over the last six months. And we're even more excited as we look forward to the future as we partner together as one church, His Church, here in Bexhill. Just felt it'd be great for you to be able to see that for yourselves and you get a bit of a look at the venue and, and so many uh, different things. So where are we going in the future? What is it that we have um, on the agenda? And I've got three particular areas that I'd just like to share with you. I'm going to do it slightly different from normal. It's not, there's not a sort of a, a Bible text that I'm going to be expounding and opening up. But like I say, just three particular areas uh, that I'd like to highlight for you. And as you know, one of our, uh, when we're looking to describe where we're going, overarching things that we're talking about, we are, we are passionate to see healthy church grown here. But not just for our own good, but so that we can see 1066 transformed by the power of the gospel. And we want to do that through making disciples, caring for the poor, and going on mission. Now, a key part of that is that we have a strong and healthy eldership team. There are loads of different structures when it comes to leadership that exist in the world. And in many ways, they're often developing and changing. The church is no different. There's loads of different types of leadership that exist within the church, different qualifications, and they have different roles. But within the local church, it's elders, or sometimes in the New Testament, they're called overseers, who carry the ultimate carry the ultimate responsibility for the health and life of the local church. It isn't one man that carries it. So I'm the lead elder, but I don't lead the church. It's an eldership team that leads the church. I have a sort of a directing role within the the team, but it's very much a plurality. There's more than one. That's how God designed it. Because not one person has the full package. Do you know what I mean? No, no one does, well, other than Jesus. And so, in a sense, we need team as we cover one another's weaknesses, as we have different strengths. It's not that we as elders do all the ministry, not at all. But we create an environment where the church can flourish safely as each member does its part. So ministry gets done by church. Ministry gets done by you. It's the elders' responsibility to make sure um, that that happens. So at the moment, it's myself and Steve Young, who appeared in that video, who are the only two elders um, in King's Church. The Apostle Paul, when directing Titus, a younger leader, he said this in Titus 1, verse 5 to 9. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, 
faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So the Apostle Paul here gives a bit of a direction, a number of qualifications, of which most of them you'll notice are character. In, in many ways, for any mature Christian, I would encourage you to pursue those characteristics. They're a good thing to pursue. But to be an elder within the local church, um, you, you need to have those things um, worked out in your life. It's not that we are perfect. You all know, well, any of you that know me well, know that that is not the case. But there's a level of maturity and standing uh, when it comes to these things. Over the last 18 months, myself and Steve have been meeting with a small group of men to discuss their future and the possibility of them coming into eldership at King's Church. During this period, we've discussed a number of things, including the role of elders, qualifications for eldership. We've discussed their strengths and weaknesses, um, had very honest conversations around that. We've looked at the call of God upon their lives. And also a really key thing is, do they have faith for it at this time? Do they, you know, actually there's a witness with them that this is the right time for them to come into eldership. So this has been a sort of a 360 degree um, conversation uh, that we've had. From this time together, myself and Steve would like to propose to you, the church, that Alid Cousins and Sam Akrasi come into eldership at this time. Now, Alid has been in the church for many years. Could we just pop a photo up of Alid and Lou and the kids? You've got a beautiful family, Alid. Yes, I wonder where it comes from. Well, we know where it comes from, but... But uh, Alid's been in the church for many years. He's grown up in leadership, particularly over the last few years, as he's led Six O'Clock Church. He has done outstandingly well with that community. His pastor, Devenu, brought a sense of security, really built community in there, and there is a great sense of momentum. Alid has done exceptionally well at six o'clock church. Sam and Claire, or Sam, coming into eldership. Sam has been with us for the last two years and he carries a quiet sense of spiritual authority. He's carried significant leadership responsibility in Ghana. He has a real integrity and a growing leadership stature within the Hastings venue. They would join myself and Steve in eldering the church. They would join us in being responsible for direction, discipline, doctrine, and shepherding the flock. They will be elders of King's Church as a whole. But they will have specific roles within the venues. 
So just as Steve focuses predominantly on Bexhill, but we do see him, we're privileged to see him on occasion, so Sam and Alid will also continue to have specific responsibility. As the eldership strengthened, so the venues will be strengthened as well. And it will also release Steve so that he can focus more in Bexhill. It will release him. Even as he's been released from some of his other roles and responsibilities in September, it will release him more. Four elders are better than two, but four elders is not enough for four venues. And so this isn't an end result, this is a stepping stone um, on to what is to come in the future. In two weeks' time, I'm going to be talking more about eldership at King's. I I want to spend the whole preach, as it were, laying a biblical foundation and talking about more of the practical outworking here. But myself and Steve would love to hear your thoughts on these two men. This is the bit they're a bit worried about. We'd love to hear your encouragement, your questions, and even your concerns. Please email. If we could pop the email addresses up, that would be great. Excellent. If you can't see them there, go to the information desk and they will be able to let you know what they are. Please email. If you prefer to write a letter, we're happy to accept letters. We don't get many of them. Um, And if you just want to tell us, feel free to do that. But if you could follow it up with an email, it always helps to be able to communicate and look at things. And what we'll be doing is we'll be looking to feed stuff back into our conversation with these two mighty men. Dave Holden has been involved in the process and we're hoping that if everything goes to plan, we will look to to appoint them in late November into eldership. I just wonder if they felt anything like I felt, I don't know, 12 years ago when this happened to me, it's a bit of a vulnerable position, you feel. Can we just give them a round of applause because they're putting themselves up for that. This will bless us as a church. As we strengthen the eldership, we strengthen the church. As the church is healthier and is stronger... Our ability to reach out to new communities grows with it as well. Secondly, as I mentioned before, one of our key things is to care for the poor. And one of the main ways we were looking to do that was through the Community Action Hub that I spoke about back in June. No, back in May. I shared of our desire to create a space within this building where we can more effectively serve the most vulnerable and needy in our community, to create space, both storage, warehouse space, because we are giving out, was it five tonnes of food a a month through our food bank, and we've got baby basics, and we've got uh, the Syrian refugee stuff, we just need storage space, but we also wanted to create a really safe, friendly environment where we could interact with people as well, get to know them, and express something of the love of Jesus to that. In June, we had a month where we prayed, we gave, and we pledged towards it. And by the end of June, we'd received £93,000 from 81 givers, which was 
pretty amazing. I mean, amazing generosity. Um, since we've gone through August, that figure has risen to £117,000 from 90 givers, which again is just like amazing generosity. We felt at the end of June that we just weren't quite in the right place to push forward, to march on with it, that we wanted to um, pause. And so that's what we've done. And it's been such a helpful process over the last few months as we've prayed and thought and discussed and looked at the way forward. So where are we up to today? Well, we're absolutely convinced that the Community Action Hub is both needed and the timing is right for it. But I think the last two months has given us an opportunity to reconsider some of the details. And in particular, one person within the church who's got this sort of background was so helpful in encouraging us to look at whether we could actually fit what we needed into the existing envelope of the building. Did we have to build a warehouse out the back? So as we've looked at that, actually we've, we've come to the conclusion we think we can fit it all within the existing building, which will therefore make it cheaper than the original plans that we had come up with and will line up with the budget in a sense of the money that's been given um, so far. So what we're going to do over the next couple of months is redo the plans, have a look again. These new plans might not be able to accomplish everything that we'd hoped for, but we'll look to accomplish maybe 85 90% of it. And in the next couple of months, we will represent them to you as the church um, uh, for, for, your, for your sort of uh, feedback and your thoughts on it. Now, I know there's 90 plus of you that have given um, faithfully and sacrificially into this. What I would ask is if you've given into this at this point, and I know you've given for a specific project that we, we laid out to you, I just ask for patience, really. The money is ring-fenced, it will not get spent on anything else. And as we represent the plans to you, we hope that you will be as enthusiastic for the way forward with that as you were with the original plans. So if you would be willing to, as it were, wait and see these new plans, and then we can obviously discuss and see where we go from there. And please continue to pray for us that we will find the right way forward um, in this. And then the last thing I just want to chat to you about really is our focus for this year. And it's probably about one of the worst kept secrets ever. Because what I've noticed is everyone seems to be talking about it in different leadership contexts, which is great. Because actually I did share it back in May. So uh, it's brilliant. You've got excellent memories. And one of the things we really want to go after is mission. We, we said that mission is an absolutely key part of who we are as a church and uh, if you read through the New Testament, you'll find various different settings where mission is spoken about. In Matthew 6, verse 10, in the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, it's a missional prayer, a going out prayer. It's reaching to people who are not yet um, within the church setting. In Matthew 9, Jesus told his disciples, to, and he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers for the harvest field. And in many ways, if, if you wanted to work out, well, what does this year of mission look like? It, it's, it's about really getting us more effectively into the mission field. It's about me with my neighbours and my friends being more in step with the Holy Spirit and more effective, as it were, in being salt and light into that community. And in a sense, for every single one of us, 
who calls kings their home, our ambition for you is that you'll still be you at the end of the year, but you'll have taken a few steps forward in the whole area of mission and extending the kingdom. Maybe that will be reflected in greater boldness. Maybe you'll be slightly more, slightly, slightly more obedient to the Holy Spirit when he prompts you, but you don't step out because of fear. Maybe it'll just be that you'll engage in mission in a way that just seems a bit more natural to you. You'll be a bit more salty in the workplace. You'll shine a little bit brighter at the school gate. Maybe bringing peace in the troubled situations, justice where it's needed, offering to pray for someone who is sick, expressing something of the love of God, showing hospitality. Do you know what? Opening up your home is one of the best things you can do if you want to express something of the love of God to those around you. Let me, I know when it comes to mission, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Any of you sort of sink a little bit deeper into your chair when I said that just now, thinking, oh no, it's not me. If I was where you are, that's where I'd be, sinking a couple of inches lower into the chair. Let me introduce you to Doris. Now, Doris is a superstar, and I met her on Thursday at Link Lunch. You wouldn't believe it, or this is what I told her anyway, you wouldn't believe she's 88 years old, would you? Not a day over 60, I told her. She lived in South London for 84 years and has been down in Hastings for the last four. She came to know Jesus when she was six or seven years old and she responded by singing a song about welcoming Jesus into her heart and she sang me a little bit of the song at Link Lunch. Real special, really special. And although she didn't tell anyone she'd done it, she knew she was different from that moment on. A little bit later, she met a teenage lad. By his reputation, he was a bit of a tearaway. She gave him a book about Christianity and about God. She can't remember what it was called, but I think it was written by Tozer. A bit later, this young man was now married and he moved down to Hastings. And he planted... Hastings Christian Fellowship, which later became King's Church, Hastings, 1066. He and his wife later, 15 years later, moved on to Eastbourne and planted King's Church Eastbourne, who've just had their 30th birthday this weekend and are gathering multiple hundreds there and dear old Doris said to me at the end of our conversation, she said, I don't know if I've really ever done much of substance in life. <laughs> but there was one moment when she obeyed the promptings of the Holy Spirit and gave a book to a young teenager who didn't really know much about God and was probably a bit of a pain that was part of his journey to come in and know Jesus Christ. And in the economy of heaven, God has this amazing way of taking the littlest things that we do 
and expanding them beyond any expectation that we might have into fruitfulness and glory. And I wonder how many people there are in this room, how many people there are in this nation, how many people there are in the nations that have been affected by one dear lady who, when the opportunity arose, was bold enough to give a young teenage lad a book about Christianity and oh, the fruitfulness of it. So when I talk about mission, I talk about Doris. I talk about us just playing our part, whatever that might be. Whether in the office with the building surveyors, whether with your neighbours up and down the road, whether it's in the school situation, whether it's when you, with the client, your clients doing their plumbing, expressing something of the love of God to people who don't know about him. Because the reality is if we don't speak up, if we don't demonstrate something different, who will? We're going to finish by closing by just showing a video and then Paul's going to come and lead us in prayer.